Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Final Film Podcast. My name is Jack with my co-host, Sid. How are you, Sid? I'm good, Jack. How are you? Doing okay. Now, um, so we watched The Ring. Now, let's. this is the 2002 Americanized version of The Ring. Yes. We did not watch the Japanese one, but um, what were your initial thoughts on that? So I've seen this one before. Well, I probably saw it in 2003 because it came out in 2002. So when I saw it, it scared the... The heck out of me. Yeah, I actually have seen this as well. I've seen it like one time around that time too. Wow. Yeah. So we've both seen this movie. So that's here surprising we go. for us. I know it doesn't happen very often. I think it's happened once so far. I think so. Tucker and Dale, which was a really good movie. Uh no, I had not seen Tucker and Dale. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just trying to bring that back. Um <laughs> <you know>, we... <laughs> Oh good. Um, yeah, I thought it was, uh, it had some like jump scary parts, which I'm not really into for horror movies. I don't like jump scares, but I do think some of the stuff that I found spooky back in the day, I still found kind of spooky. Not in the same way, because I knew it was coming, but some of it still held up and some of it did not. No, I agree. Basically, once you kind of know what happens in this movie, it kind of ruins the, Mm -hmm. the surprise of it, obviously. So, so this movie released in 2002, Mm -hmm. hour and 55 minutes. Uh, <laughs> technically not two hours jack so you're fine yeah that's what you said for scream too it was like the same <laughs> length but you might as well round up at this point scream was glorious you're welcome it was the 90s it was the 90s <laughs> okay so this movie was directed by gore verbinski mm-hmm. now i just want to stop and say we watch hell house the main one of the main <laughs> actors' name was Gore. Is this a common yes. name? Apparently, in the horror world, you just got to be named Gore to get uh, a part or direct a movie. I mean, your parents wouldn't name you this, right? This is a like stage name or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I kind of prefer that their parents just have like a child named Gore, a child named Guts and Blood and Viscera, just like down the line, <laughs> like different kids. Oh my god, they were just like super fans they're, of like they're horror ready. Movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, not setting up your kids for failure at all by doing that. Obviously not. He directed a movie. That's true. He did make it. <laughs> this it was written by Aaron Kruger, mm-hmm. Koji Suzuki, and Hiroshi Takahashi. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say that the extra writer in the American version was the Aaron Kruger guy. The original screenplay for the Japanese one, which was released in 1998, mm-hmm. uh, was actually it was based off a book, which I did not know that. And it was the book was written by Koji Suzuki. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, from 1991. So 1991 was the book. 1998 was the Japanese movie, and then ni- or 2002 was when America was like, we can do it too. <laughs> right. Let, let's rip this off. Yeah. Okay. I, have you seen the Japanese one? I have not. Uh, no, it's on my list. And now I didn't know it was a book before today. Now I kind of want to read the book to see how it holds up. There are also four books in the Ring book series. Oh. So no, it was a series. You have that to look forward to. Yeah. I might actually check that out. I've got just joined a spooky, spooky girl book club. So maybe we'll suggest that. Yeah. What have you read so far? I just joined it. Our first book is, I think it's called like The Ghost That Ate Us or something. It's by Daniel Krauss. Ugh. Ooh, just put a book out. I think it's called like Whale Fall or something. And it's about this kid who gets eaten by a whale and has to figure out how to get out of it. Oh. Very excited to read that one. Okay. Anyways, this is not a book podcast. Sorry. A survival book. Oh, uh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we're, uh, that's for a different podcast that we, uh, yes. that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. So some of the um, notable actors in this movie are Naomi Watts. Mm-hmm. Naomi Watts plays Rachel. 
in the movie main the protagonist yes. martin henderson mm-hmm. martin henderson plays noah which is her like oh okay yeah her ex-husband yeah. right which you don't find that out until about three quarters of the way through the movie or i didn't anyway yeah i remember when they first started talking to each other being like oh they have some interesting tension and then she says it and i'm like oh right they used to be married right and then brian cox is in this movie and he plays richard morgan mm-hmm. which it was i don't know I, I don't mind brian cox as an actor so it was good seeing him love in his here. voice yeah. yeah, yeah. So those are the notable ones. We'll kind of fill in the gaps with the other people here if they're in the movie more than five minutes or whatever. Well, the, the, her son, the little guy. Uh, we're going to get to him. Okay. <laughs> we're going to get to him. All right. I, I, I don't even want to say his name right now. <laughs> okay. So the facts of this movie is basically that it was a Japanese re- movie released in 1998. was then released as an American movie four years later. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that a quick turnaround? to you yeah pretty quick usually they wait a little bit longer before they for it to have faded out of the consciousness before they bring it back right exactly um so that was interesting i did not know the whole it was japanese it was a book and Mm. so that was interesting to find out yeah now how about some taglines sid Mm -hmm. um so the main tagline for this movie is before you die you see dot 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 the ring no, like, what kind of ring? Is, like, is someone going to propose to me? Am I getting, like, a ring pop? Is someone... What's happening? Some say you do die before you see the a ring for marriage. Um, before I get married? <laughs> <laughs> Some say that. Some say that. <laughs> Not many, I don't think. But, uh, I mean, okay. I don't know. That's a good point. It, it It's kind of misleading because what we find out is the ring is... It's a circle. Can you imagine that? No? Okay. Well, it is. I'm blowing your mind right now. So <laughs> doing great. <laughs> uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, no, the ring is basically the you're looking up from the well, and it's the light coming through as the the lid is on it. That is yeah, a that terrible, was, terrible description. That was a that. cool reveal. Well, we'll get to it. Okay, okay. But it does feel like it's supposed to be like you know horror version of Lord of the Rings or something like that. True, I guess. Okay. <laughs> um, some of the other ones. Did you have any? On that list of the taglines list that you like? Once again, Jack, I have not pulled up the tagline at the... all. Okay. Okay, I'll go <laughs> so over. So, no, your tagline was perfect. Loved it. My favorite tagline. The one that the movie used? One that you just said. Yep, it was perfect. Okay. Um, one that I think is hilarious, and I don't know why you would ever consider this, is did she show you the horses? <laughs> so stupid. That sounds like... like a very different movie. <laughs> well, oh, I don't know. I just... uh. It feels like you have to know something about the movie for that to make sense. I don't, I don't yeah, get that one. That's that's fair. That's mm-hmm. a weird one. Uh, another one, everyone will suffer, exclamation point. So True. True, but generic. Very generic. I don't know. A lot of these were just very generic. So I guess they the best one they can come up with was Before You Die, You See the Ring. So we'll go with that ring. one. Uh, this movie was took about $48 million to make. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. It was released on October 18th, 2002. Okay. Oh, Okay, so, so this was like an October Halloweeny October very much, release. Right, Interesting. right. Breaking the trend of the Christmas horror movies. Our summer blockbuster. So mm-hmm. our theory is fucked. It's just all over the place. It's, it, it is like it's. <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense. Opening weekend for U.S. and Canada was fifteen million. Okay. So it did not make its money back in the first. Not weekend. at all. But. Gross U.S. and Canada, mm-hmm. 129 million. Oh, okay. And then it went on to make 249 million. Made some money. So yeah, it did okay. Made like two dollars in Japan because they're like, "What the fuck? We already did this." 
Let me, uh, you know, that's a good point. I'm going to do an on-the-fly thing here. Let's look up what that was for the Japanese ring, if it even says. Real-time research! The ring, the Japanese ring. Budget was 1.5. Okay. And actually, gross worldwide, it made 19 million. Hey, that's exciting. So, yeah. Okay. I'm good. So, of course, we had to jump on the bandwagon to say... That movie made a lot of money. Let's remake it and sell it here. <laughs> Let's make it ours. But put a blonde lady in it. <laughs> they did do that. They did do that. They did do that. American ruins everything. Um, <laughs> let's do, uh, well, let's first, let's talk about the synopsis of the movie. Um, a journalist must investigate a mysterious videotape, which seems to cause the death of anyone one week to the day after they view it. Ah! That's it. That's it. That's, that's the movie. That's it. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Anyway, uh, Instagram. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's uh um well first okay I th- we have to address yet again we have to address uh, something yeah we do so do you want to do you want to yeah that's fine i could talk about it pay um respects? Okay. i do want to pay our respects so um unfortunately we we had some issues as people might have noticed on our last podcast we had some issues with the sound quality um but we love Walt. We wanted to keep Walt. So we sent him to summer camp for producers and sound design yeah. people. Yep. Tragically, while Walt was at camp, he was stabbed, shot with an arrow, and then drowned. So unfortunately, Walt is no longer with us. Um, but we are happy to introduce David, and I'm sure nothing bad will happen to David. Hello, David. Yeah. Um, no- nothing bad, right? Right? No, 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 no. Nothing bad. I, like we said. Walt kind of deserved that for what he yeah. did to us. So I'm kind of doing my internship for for college here, doing this. Oh. So I just wait. Okay, did, you said something about paying him. Yes, definitely. Oh, okay, we'll okay. You, you're doing great. I'm getting paid for this. Okay. Yes. Right. So this has got to be an incentive because it's better than any internship you're gonna find, probably. Yeah, you just gotta survive the. You know what? You're gonna be great. Never mind. You're gonna be great. I'm not talking about it. Oh, one other notable person that I wanted to, as a star that was in this movie, is Polly Parrott from NCIS. She plays Beth in this movie. You say who? Yeah, who? Have you seen NCIS? Is that the chick with the black hair, the the quote-unquote goth chick? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, okay. I've seen her. She's She plays like, the goth chick on NCIS. She's uh yeah, Sorry, yes, that's what I meant. Yeah, she's like the intern. Okay. Um, She's like the intern to the... Film studio. And who with is Noah. she in? Oh, that girl. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we can cut this out, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, I just, okay. I figured you would know who that is. I'm sorry. Give me a second. Don't. Okay. All right. Uh, no, it's fine. So the ring, <laughs> the ring opens. So there's two teenage girls watching TV, mm-hmm. in their school outfits. Still, which is kind of weird that they. Didn't change out of those. Right. One of them, Katie, is going on and going on and on. She's like, oh, my God, TV is so boring, blah, 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 blah. And now, what the fuck was this opening monologue? She was talking how, like. It felt like two, like, 45-year-old talking heads where it was like, TV's bad for your brain. It really what did. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, 16-year-old talks about that. Especially in 2002. They're all about that TV. 
right? All about that TV. All about that base. <laughs> never mind. So one of them to me looks like kind of a she has that kind of gothic vibe going on. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Oh, let's watch the tape. Damn. And we're like, What does what is she talking about? She basically the whole synopsis I read at the beginning of this, she just says that. So she's like, You watch the tape, you get the phone call, mm-hmm. and then you die in seven days. Hey. There, premise of movie. Done. Done. Thank you. Oh, that was Becca, by the way, the goth chick. Yeah, which actually, really quick, Amazon kept getting confused because I kept, you know, I do that thing with Amazon where I'll like hover to see the names and it kept giving me the Japanese names. Oh. But it was the American actor. So I was getting confused. I'm like, wait, who is this? <laughs> well, okay. Very confusing that, at first. That is very interesting. Mm-hmm. I, I just had to, I don't watch with, watch with subtitles because I think they distract me. So I'm having to like look at little tiny pictures on IMDb and trying to match them up. So mm. it, it took me a while to find her, but um, yes, yeah, so that is Becca. Mm-hmm. And so basically Kate's like, Oh my God, me and my boyfriend, we were up in a mountain and we watched it. And so she, she like does this like fake death. Like she's choking. Yeah. And then she's like, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> so first fake out number one, mm. then the phone starts ringing. Ah! Oh, and now they're like super serious. OMG. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Kate's too afraid. So Becca answers the phone for her and she's like trembling and like hands the phone to Kate. Hello. And then, oh, nope, it's just Katie's mom. Fake out number Skinny. two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They kept doing that fridge thing too that I fucking hate when they do this. Where a character will pull open the fridge and it's all you can see is the character and then the side door of the fridge. So you know the second they shut that fridge, there's going to be a monster going, Meh! There was no monster. I was frightened. Can you do that again? What second take? What was the sound? <laughs> okay, okay. Just make it sure. So there, her cat comes up and scares her. Yeah, oh. her cat's there. <laughs> <laughs> but then the TV turns on and gets all staticky. Yes. And this is probably the the thing that most people recognize from this movie is the staticky mm-hmm. TV. Shh. Ah, nice. I like that. That's good. What's static? Oh. Oh. Shut Ooh. up, David. Um, <laughs> so static is when back in the day, <laughs> and why is the TV oh, so wide? Shut up, David. Like in the back, <laughs> why is it so wide in the back? That TV has a badonka donk, is what you're saying. TV had a back like <laughs> she got a chunky booty. <laughs> yeah, so uh, maybe we have, do we have to ex- explain some of these terms? This movie is very static? uh, 2002. Well, yeah, we got to explain it to David. Oh. Yeah, that's fine. You can explain stuff. Oh, I can. Okay, great. <laughs> I was waiting for you to do it. So I don't static, actually have a good explanation. I don't either, but basically, if you, like, <clears throat> turn to a channel that wasn't, like, being... Used, essentially. Uh, right. It's, it. you know, it's... It basically is a channel that's... Uh, it's not showing anything, so it's just a, like, black and white fuzzy thing going on, and then it's, it has the sound of, Sid, please, would you... <laughs> love it. Love it. So that's basically what it would do. Sometimes it would be just a blue screen, but it's yeah. it basically was like this channel's not being used right now or something. Or like once the programming on a channel ran out for the night, it would because everything yeah. you know, kids, everything wasn't twenty four seven back in the day. <gasps> I know, I know. Don't we're gonna be, we're, we're gonna have to be doing a lot of this like old splaining stuff here. So oh, good. <laughs> so yeah, the TV turns on, it's staticky, and Kate's mm-hmm. like, first she's like, Becca, you bitch. She just, like, calls out her friend. Yeah, like, it was really unhinged behavior. <laughs> and then she just, like, looks down and the remote's there. And that mm-hmm. makes her... Ha- She's like, like, oh, shit, okay. Like, fine again, I guess. So she picks up the remote, turns it off, mm-hmm. and then it turns back on. 
And then she's like, oh, you know, she's freaking out at this point. But mm-hmm. so she does the smart thing, of which I was about to write this down because I had not seen this movie in a long time. I was like, just unplug it. She does. She unplugs the mm-hmm. TV. And then now she's like looking for Be- – because Becca has like disappeared since she yes. was on the phone with her mom. Mm-hmm. So Becca's gone and she goes upstairs looking for Becca. And she finds wa- – there's water underneath the door of her bedroom like coming out the yeah. – underneath it. Uh, she then opens the door and – her TV is on, mm-hmm. but it has a picture. It's just like a black and white static image of a well, like from the side. Yeah, that's right. I do like that they don't let you see how they actually die until pretty close to the end. You just get like kind of little hints throughout. Yes. You don't actually see how she dies. You don't actually see her dead at all. It's just like Jack was saying, it's the water, it's the bedroom door, it's the picture of the well. So you're getting contextual clues of like yeah. maybe how these deaths are happening, but you don't actually see the process of it hmm. and this movie does a good job of like again the first time you watch this movie if you've never seen it it is pretty mysterious mm-hmm. it's very much a, a mystery where you're trying to piece this together uh, much like the protagonists are doing yeah you're kind of like solving it along with them which is right. fun right exactly which makes it difficult because there's a lot of weird paranormal stuff that does not make sense mm-hmm. so next scene we then here we go here we go your favorite aiden aiden he's a child He's got to be like seven, right? Seven or eight. He's little. He's a child in an adult's... No, wait, that's backwards. He's an adult in a child's body. He is. Yeah, Um, he's one of those very, very old for his age. It's a little too much. Oh, my God. So he's played by David Dorfman. Yes. And this is the age of... I'm going to call it the cryptic kid phase of movies. Oh, okay. It's where, again, like you said... All of these kids are adults, basically, in their tiny little bodies, and they're smarter than the adults. They already know what's going on. They always mm-hmm. have this, like, weird sixth sense where they're, like, already know what's going to happen. Uh, and I I hate this kid. Good. I hate him. That's fair. They also all and seem he- to have, like, the same, like, huge five o'clock, not five o'clock, the bags under their eyes. Like, they're they all- They have hairy eyes? <laughs> no, they don't have hairy eyes. Oh, God. Maybe that's why they're so troubled. No, they all have, like, the shadows under their eyes. They're all mm-hmm. very much, like, adults, very world-weary. Yeah, it's like Aiden had been... He'd probably worked an internship some... I mean, um, he had probably worked he a... Did? Sorry. <laughs> a, like, nine-to-five job for 40 years. And was... Yeah. He looked like he had not slept for Seen some months. Seen Yes, yes. But, man, this kid is so, like, deadpan, <laughs> robotic... I, I hate it. He is. It's so unbelievable. Yeah, he's alive. So this is the the scene is where he's basically sitting in a classroom by himself with the teacher at the at her desk. Mm-hmm. At first, I'm like, is he in detention or something like that? We hear a lady walking in the hall, and she's just <laughs> like yelling at presumably her boss on the phone, mm-hmm. and she just walks in and goes shit, and then like, oh, oh, sorry, my kind of lady. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so she has no problem dropping some great harsh language around her child. Mm-hmm. We find out is her child. He's like 60. He's 60 years old in a seven-year-old's body. He's fine. Mm-hmm. He's heard it mm-hmm. before. He's okay. Yeah. Um, so this is Rachel. This is our protagonist. Played by Naomi Watts. Mm-hmm. So Aiden, he's basically like, I'll go wait in the car. Like he already <laughs> knows like something's up, so he's just going to go chill out in the car. Mm-hmm. Teacher, of course, wants to talk to Rachel. And so we're obviously thinking like, oh, it's behavior issues or like maybe her behavior issues. But no, the teacher just brings up like, oh, Aiden's doing these drawings 
and their um, creepy kid drawings. Yeah, here we go. That's another one of these mm-hmm. things where it's just like, oh my god, movies at this time. Love a creepy kid drawing. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he's. I think it was he's like drawing like all these figures of like looked like very depressing, like they're like stick figures. Yeah, he he was drawing pictures of like a lady or a girl lying down like underground. So she's dead underground. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then Rachel's like, oh, well, his cousin just died. And she's like, but he drew these last week. Yeah. So the the person she's referring to is Katie, who had Mm -hmm. attacked by the the teenager who died, the teenager from the first scene. Yeah. So we find out that she has passed away, passed on. And so presumably Aiden is upset by by her death or whatever. So then, okay, we get the concerned teacher talk, and Rachel's very much shrugging it off. This is how he deals with it. He's expressing himself by drawing and mm-hmm. stuff. She's very... She's not interested at all. She's like, no. he's fine. Goodbye. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, we move on. So now mm-hmm. they are driving in the rain in probably the gloomiest city ever. Filmed in Seattle, I saw that. But, okay, I did want to mention it feels like this movie has a blue filter over it for, like, more than half of it. And just like, yes. it, okay, I know it's Seattle, but it's not that fucking, like, gray. This was like a anti-tourism <sighs> video. They're trying to get right? people to stay away from Seattle, I think. Never like, go come there. Here. It's so sad. No one wants to live here. <laughs> so much water. Never come here. So they get home. And they talk about death for a bedtime story. Right. Because Aiden's like, oh, we don't have time. We don't have enough time. And I'm like, running out of time, about? Rachel. He calls her Rachel, too. He doesn't call her mom, oh, which is obnoxious. That was my next line. I said, I, I was like, Aiden cannot call her mom, which maybe is a little telling. But yeah. you are not my mother. We're running out of time, Rachel. Okay, Frank. Like, what do you want? Like, Jesus, kid. <laughs> okay, so... Presumably he powers down, I mean, goes to sleep. <laughs> and then the next scene is they're getting ready for Katie's funeral. Mm-hmm. And we, we realize that, like, Aiden is a more put-together adult than his mom because she's like, where's my dress? Where? She's, like, freaking out trying to find she's clothes very to wear. chaotic. Mm-hmm. And Aiden has already got the dress out for her and, like, is ready to go. He is wearing a suit and he's tying his own tie, the little shit. Oh, my God. I will give him props for that. Sorry. Yes. I thought you were mad at him for tying his own tie. I am. I okay. hate him because I can't do that. I got to wear I, the clip on. I mean, can't either. So he was programmed to tie ties. They get to Rachel's sister house, whose name is Ruthie, I guess. Yeah, it's Ruth and David were Katie's parents. Yeah. Ruthie is understandably pissed. And, you know, like, basically what happened is that they pronounced her daughter dead of, like, her heart stopped. Mm-hmm. So she's, like, telling... Rachel, like, I've never heard of that. Like, a 16-year-old's just heart stopping or whatever. Yeah. Getting, she's not satisfied with the answer of how her daughter died. Ruthie essentially asks Rachel to investigate. Like, I know you can find out the answers. Like, they won't tell me anything. I need you to find out why she died. Yeah, so we're finding out Rachel is, like, a a journalist, essentially. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the first jump scare, because we just jump straight to Katie's weird-looking face after she was (laughs) killed. Yeah, well, in the closet. No, it was. It's that scared the hell out of me the first time I saw it because they've lulled you into a sense of security because you you're so far past the death. You're like, oh, it's fine. I guess I don't see it. And then they're like, ha. And it just it's like flashes. It's very quick. It's not subliminal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see it, but it's it's very like, and then it's gone. <laughs> um, yes. and it reminds me of oh, what's that painting? Um, the ghoul guy. Scream. Yes. So the painting scream, that's what she looks like, except for like her mouth's all black or whatever. She does. So it is kind of, it's it's pretty weird looking. 
So it's creepy. Ruth was obviously startled by that <laughs> and obviously doesn't buy the whole like she had a heart attack thing. Right. So Rachel goes outside and she talks to Katie's friends. She like mm-hmm. is trying to use her journalist. Trying to be a cool girl. Yeah. She's like shooting up with her cigarette. She's like, so what so did you guys hear? She like just takes one of the teenagers <laughs> cigarettes and is like, oh, thanks. And like uses it to light her cigarette. And we're like, oh. It was so extra. It was amazing. She's so badass. So cool. So she's kind of like trying to dig and see like, oh, so, you know, I heard, I I heard Katie died and like, it's like, (laughs) yes, that's why they're there. They're at the freaking funeral. They're all mourning. (laughs) But she's kind of trying to figure out what happened to her or kind of get some clues of like, does she have a boyfriend? Which we do find out she did. And secret boyfriend. Secret boyfriend that was a secret apparently. We find out from like a very young Adam Brody, by the way. I paused. I was like, is that Adam Brody? 2002 Adam Brody. Wasn't he in the OC? Okay, I need to look it up. Hold on. I have no idea, Sid. I have Maybe no idea. Adam Brody. How do you not know? Is this? Okay. I, I don't know. He just, he pipes in because she's talking to her girlfriends and he just pipes in and he's like, it's the tape. <laughs> it's the tape. Like kind of creepily. Mm-hmm. And her friends are like, shut it. Kellen. He is male teen number one. Is not credible. That's why I couldn't find him. Okay. I was looking for Kellen everywhere. He was in the OC. He was in the OC, Jennifer's Body, Jermissa Smith, Shazam. He's in a lot of shit. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I remember that. This is where, yeah. So they find out that Josh is Katie's boyfriend. And yes. there is the rumor that he killed himself the same night Katie died. The same time. At the same time. And we mm-hmm. learn that, I mean, Katie kind of says this at the beginning when she's talking to her goth friend, Becca, but they all watch that tape. Her her boyfriend and the two other guys. They all go up to a cabin. Yeah, they like rent a cabin somewhere and, and that's they do a vacation, a little trip or whatever. Mm-hmm. So then we cut back to Aiden. I've never, I've seen parts of the movie Sixth Sense, but mm-hmm. he must have, like... This is like that kind of like kid has like this extra sense where they can, you know, figure things out. He like basically oh, yeah. sees Katie running up the stairs like in a, in a flashback. Mm-hmm. And so he just starts going up the stairs. He's like, must compute. So he walks up the stairs. Very slowly. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, his servos and rotors aren't working very quickly. Okay, <laughs> never mind. He goes up the stairs and then he goes to the same room that Katie died in. Mm-hmm. Basically just goes in front of the TV and just stares at it. Just stands there, yeah. And that's when his mom comes in and be like, what are you doing? Like, we need to get out of her room. We shouldn't be in her room. And he's like, it's not her room anymore. It's not her room anymore. Like, okay, crazy. Like, yikes, kid. Mm-hmm. Crazy, um, but definitely creepy. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he, he gets out, and Rachel then is kind of snooping around and finds this, like, scrapbook. You know, she's like, get out of her room. Now that you're gone, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want and snoop. Well, she was given free reign by by. Ruthie, was. I just so. thought that was funny. It was kind of funny. It's like, get out of here. This is what I do. This is my job. This is, this is mine. Yeah, so she finds, she is looking through like a scrapbook, mm-hmm. and she finds like a little photos mm-hmm. that have all the faces like scribbled out, like someone drew a ring on them. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So she's like, okay, that's weird. But she also finds a receipt for a like, photo processing which kids david back in the day um so you before you couldn't just take pictures on your phone and view them (laughs) immediately you had to take pictures with a camera and then take them to a his face his face (laughs) he's like i don't want to live in this world i understand David is stunned he's taken out of this world it's it was a different time david i don't have time for that (laughs) i don't have time to wait i only have seven days (laughs) 
Well, his internship is seven days long, yes. So we got to hurry up and tell the story, I guess. Uh, so, yeah, basically you had to take photos to a processing plant, like a Walgreens or whatever, and they would develop the film, and then you would yep. come back later and get them. Mm-hmm. So Rachel goes to this place and just picks up the photo, which I'm surprised that they kind of let her just pick them up. All she's... you had to do back in the day was present the receipt, and she had the receipt. Okay, okay. I, I didn't know if it was like a, you know, we need your name. I don't think so. Well, I'm getting schooled by Sid here. I'm sorry. David yeah. had more in your camp, I guess. I don't know. I didn't do a lot of photo <laughs> taking, so. <I> did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she picks up the photos, and then she's, like, flipping through, and she realizes it's Katie and her friends who who were on this trip. It's of the trip. Mm-hmm. As she's going through, like, one of the last photos, she notices, like, all of their faces are all screwed up. They look kind of like the scream painting guy. Well, because they take the photos, and it's, like, them at the campsite and all that, and then you mm-hmm. see the photo of her boyfriend about to push the tape into the player, which I don't know why she took a photo of that. <laughs> after that, you see all their faces are fucked up, so you assume their faces are fucked up after they watched the the movie. That's some goddamn deducing right there. Aiden would be proud, I'm sorry. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Oh, no. So, next... Uh, we are now following Rachel, and she's at her job. She works for the uh, local newspaper in Seattle. Seattle. And she's on the phone trying to get some information, and her boss, presumably her boss, walks up. Mm-hmm. He says, like, two words that she probably she, she included in an article she had written, and mm-hmm. it's she's like, oh, yeah, that was kind of funny. And he's like, you're fired. And she's like, no, I'm not. He's like, you're fired. And she's like, no, I'm not. And then she like waves him away. It was very weird. He doesn't, she doesn't get fired. And I didn't know that's how that worked. Right. You're fired. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. Well, she does say, as she's on the phone trying to get information, she's like, I'm working on a story. So presumably the boss is like, okay, well, this, maybe yeah. this will save your job or whatever. What she's doing, she's calling around to see when the other teens died, I believe. Time of death. Yeah. Yeah. Time of death. Uh, and, you know, method of death, I guess. To confirm a theory. Mm-hmm. So she then next goes to where the teens vacationed at that little resort thing and runs into... Meets a weird innkeeper. Cue the drum roll because every movie has one of these. It was a, a weird fucking creep. Dude. <laughs> and he's like a wannabe magician and he's like... Bad at it. As soon as she walks in, he gets this like <laughs> little creep smirk. It's like... Mm. Like you can just see him like, oh, I've got my next prey look on his face. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. So he's like, oh, pick a card, any card. And she's just like, what? okay, whatever. She picks it. He guesses it. It's not right. It's wrong. <laughs> Which is good. He's a shitty mag- magician or whatever. He's really bad. Yeah. Yeah. So she's asking, "Have you? do you remember these teens? Mm-hmm. And he does because they didn't pay, apparently. Which, come on, guys. Come on. I know, right? What the fuck? It's kind of fucked Stupid up. Stupid teenagers. David would never do that, would you, David? No, he's shaking his head. No, David would never do that. Never. Uh, well, I'm using all this intern money to, to pay for things. <laughs> That's mm. right. Hmm. Okay. I'm suspicious now. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, I remember the teens, blah, blah, blah. Tells the story. And then she's like mm. looking around and just happens to see, it says like lending library and it's just VHS tapes. It is. Oh, took me back. The backstory. And she sees one that's blank, which I don't know why you would assume that's the tape right like she magically knew she's like oh it's blank that must be the tape it just didn't have a case like that's it but she's what should be someone's sex tape oh i mean i'm just saying it's not labeled it could have been it certainly could have been the innkeeper is basically like oh yeah i got a lot of complaints from them they kept calling because the cable wouldn't work and so Mm -hmm. that is why they talk about the vhs tapes because he's like just come grab a movie and watch it there 
and for some reason they picked the black spine. Like it doesn't have anything on it. Why would you pick the? They're like this is the one. What? What? Yeah. What are you doing? Pick an actual movie. Yeah, I was gonna say there was Muppets Take Manhattan up there. Yeah. Like, why not there you just go. Do that <laughs> Get something entertaining. He knows what's up. I actually, I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out, David. I wish I would have freeze framed and like actually read off some of those other ones. Were they all real movies? I mean, the Muppets were obviously, but didn't even think of that. Oh yeah, we got Scent of a Woman. We got the Loose Glass hey. War. Ooh, Chud. Chud's <laughs> even on there. Oh my god, that sounds that sounds like a sex tape. Chud. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That'd be funny if, like, the Japanese ring was on the show. <laughs> that would have been good. Little little cameo, little Easter egg. Dang. Well, so she, she sees the tape, and then she's like, you know what? I'm famished. I need to take a nap. So she rents a room, and as the guy's going back to, like, I guess, process her card, she grabs the mm-hmm. tape and steals it, and he's like, hey, like, we're thinking maybe he caught her taking the tape, but yeah. she's, he's like, no, is, is this your card? And finally, she's just like, I'm tired of this shit. Yes, it's your card. Just to get him to shut up. She just throws him a bone. She's like, oh, yeah, that's definitely it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was not the card audience, just so you know. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't even close. Not even the same suit. So she goes to the same cabin, cabin number 12, that the kids were in. Mm -hmm. And she plays the tape. And now, audience, if you don't want to be haunted or called by a phone (laughs) and then dead in seven days, don't listen to this part. But this is what is on the tape. It shows a ring. Um, a, it shows bloody water. Mm-hmm. It shows a chair. Mm-hmm. It shows a lady in a mirror combing her hair. Mm-hmm. It shows a guy standing in a window. Mm-hmm. It shows a fly crawling on a landscape scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's this like disgusting worm thing coming out of a mouth. A centipede. Oh, no, that was a different thing. I don't know what that right. was. It was, it was disgusting. It was gross. And then there is a lid being pushed over a well. Yes. Then there's a burning tree. Mm-hmm. Someone impaling their finger on a nail. Uh. A bunch of maggots. That then, like, turn into bodies and water. There's a nice big centipede. It was gross. There's a goat's ass. That's what that was. I, I guess. I'm just, it was very brief. Yeah. Severed fingers in a box that are kind of moving around. Mm-hmm. Creepy crawlies. Mm-hmm. Then the mirror lady is, again, they're showing the mirror lady. And she kind of turns around and looks at the camera. Dead horses on a beach. Mm-hmm. Lady jumping off a cliff. Mm-hmm. And then it just shows the well shot from the side. So everyone cue the phone. Cue, okay. And... I was just like, okay, these student films are getting weird these days. It was very, very odd. It did look like a student film. Like, oh, man, that's supposed to mean, like, you know, we're one in, one in the same with the earth. And, you know, we get our <laughs> energies one from the, the soil. It's like, what the fuck? Okay. So we watch all that, the, like, montage of weird shit. Yep. I, I'm just like, that's it. Like, there, there was some creepy stuff in there, but. Nothing earth shattering. No, no. And then the phone rings. And Sid, would you like to do the little girl voice? I would. Seven days. It's pretty good. Thank you. I just shit my pants. Um, <laughs> well, that has nothing to do with the movie. No, I, ha- I had to go. I was holding it before this recording. <laughs> okay. Um, so now we cut to Aiden. Yes. And he's making his own lunch for school. And he's he's going to school. And he's like, Mom, I am going to school to ingest knowledge. Her door's closed. She doesn't even say anything. She is a she's a terrible mother. Yeah. No, she sucks as a mom. Yeah, she's not good. She's very she's a again, we, we kind of get this vibe from some other movies where it's like a workaholic parent. She's very much that mm-hmm. kind of in that vein. Yeah, it is. She's consumed by her job. Then we find out Rachel talks to we find out Noah later, 
who kind of shows up to her apartment and is asking him to she's asking him to take pictures of her. Yeah. Wait, 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 Jack, I want to go back. Sorry, yes, 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 yes. You forgot your favorite part, which is text on a screen. It says day one, Wednesday. Now we know we've got seven days. That's true. I can't believe I passed can't over the, you forgot. I can't. the facts. No. The only thing grounding this movie That's is right. the text on the screen. <laughs> it's the only thing. <laughs> yes. We got robot kids and creepy people and nope, text on a screen. The heads are falling off. Yeah, so thank you, Sid, for... You're welcome. We have to establish that. That's our background information. That's right. She talks to this person named Noah, who she's asking him to take pictures of her. And not in that way. I mean, just taking a picture of her face. No, no, this isn't the chud sex tape. No. Um, (laughs) So he takes a picture on his little digital camera, which, uh, again, this is is the weird... This movie is a nice snapshot, no pun intended, of... Technology in transition. So we got mm-hmm. this thing where she goes and picks up Katie's photos because they're mm-hmm. on like a camera that has to have the film processed, whereas Noah has a digital camera that can take the photo and just shows it on the screen right then and there. The future. Example one, we'll, we'll come back to that many times. Basically, he takes a picture and then her face is all messed up like all the, like the teens were in that last picture. Yeah, because Noah sucks at photography. <laughs> he keeps moving it real fast. It's the blur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take your picture he's like waving the camera around um no, no so basically her her theory is that my face is all messed up because i watched the the, the, the movie right yeah but she's talking about this tape but doesn't want to show it to him i'll give her that she at least tried to not let him see it although i don't know exactly why i know it's a rumor at the point po- at the moment but i'm wondering why she's so um believing that the tape is the one the thing that's killing these kids it's true she immediately buys into that i think the tape yeah the tape like freaked her out yeah well it was weird it was weird but so noah insists on watching the video Mm -hmm. so they pop it in and he (laughs) as she's kardashian that's not the right tape wait a minute enough of her she gets enough publicity we're not giving her any free publicity on this yeah she definitely listens Mm mm-hmm Hit us up, Cam. Uh, Noah thinks Rachel's crazy at this point. Yes, he does. And because she's immediately connecting the tapes to the deaths, as we were talking about mm-hmm. there. Noah watches the tape. She goes out on the balcony and, like, does this weird thing where she's, like, looking at what everyone's watching on TV. Yeah, she has, like, a peeping Tom moment. Yeah. Like, girl, you are not in a Taylor Swift video. Like, pull it back. What are you doing? I'm sorry. You're going to have to explain that for... Sorry, I just... There's a Taylor Swift video where she's talking to her neighbor and he lives in the house across the street and they're like just showing little signs to each other. And it's very cute. Mm. I know that that's not quite what this is. <laughs> well, Rachel, uh, is not one of the, being very cute. Well, she's kind of like just like staring. There, this one of the ladies like sees her and they kind of stares back up at her and they just have this like Makes eye contact. Staring contest. Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah. So that really didn't go anywhere other than that like, Noah comes out and is like, okay, I watched it. What's the big deal? He's like unimpressed mm-hmm. with this, uh, yeah. with this, he, he makes the line that I made about the student film thing. So phone rings, like he comes outside and he's like, that was stupid. And then the phone rings and she's like very rattled that the phone is ringing and doesn't answer it. And he's like, what the fuck? Which that's one thing in this movie too, where the phone rings however many times it wants to. It's so stressful. I hate it. Sometimes it's 20 times. Sometimes it's just mm-hmm. five. Like, the little girl's just, like, giving up. Like, ugh, they're not picking up. Damn it. So, she, I, I think she, like, picks it up and slams it down. Am I wrong? Or does it just eventually stop She lets ringing? it go to voicemail. 
Uh, which I have to imagine she's the little girl is just like, okay, <laughs> fine, beep. I'll leave a message if after the tone, and she's just like <laughs> seven days, you know, or whatever. Like I, it's kind of a funny scene where yeah, hangs up in Ghost World, pissed off, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I did make a note here is um, for thinking that this tape causes death. Mm-hmm. Rachel is sure bringing it wherever the fuck she goes. Right? She's pretty... She's bringing it everywhere. Just like, look at my scary death tape. No, you can't watch it. It'll kill you. And she's watching it multiple times. Like, she's now at her... Uh, Dirty cursed. She's at her job using, like, the high-end audio equipment or uh, AV equipment. Noah has agreed to help her find out where the tape came from. So now she yeah. wants to make the copy. Yeah, so we kind of find out the original reason for him, her showing him that, is he's like a expert in cameras or whatever so she yeah. he's she wants him to like tell her what he knows about it and see see where it came from and all this good stuff so yeah she takes the tape to work and then she notices that the she like stops on the fly on the landscape scene yeah. and notices that the fly is still moving even when it's paused mm -hmm. it kind of weirds her out then i just kind of said because now they go to noah's studio after she makes a copy of it which i'm like and it's friday day two what thank you Thank you. Yeah. I'm just like, what the fuck? You're making a copy of this death tape? <laughs> she's like, let's have more. For how much she's scared of this thing, she is just doesn't care. Like, she's like, I'm going to make copies and copies and distribute it. <laughs> Hand it out to my friends. Mm-hmm. So they're at Noah's studio, mm -hmm. and they put it into his fancy equipment, too, and they notice that if they, quote-unquote, stretch the tape on the mm -hmm. screen, it, like, there's more to it, so they can see more of the tape on That's the side. just like out of frame. Right. And so they get into this little like teenager like, oh, no, let me do it. Let me do it. No, you let me do it. And then like it just breaks the tape. She breaks the tape. It's like, Rachel, you asked this guy to help you figure this out. Mm -hmm. And now you're like getting your hands in there and trying to like figure it out yourself. Like just let him <laughs> do the like I didn't understand that. It was, it was We're touching shit. Right. Oh, so the, at this point is when Beth walks in who is played by Polly Parrot. Miss Beth. Mm -hmm. Which Sid, um, do, you, do you know Polly Parrot? Or... Oh, uh, apparently she's on NCIS. Oh, yeah. Wow, amazing. So. <laughs> I didn't know that earlier, and Jack was giving me a hard time. Well, I just, I mean. If everyone is confused. She's very much like, her thing is like, she's a goth in like, in, in, in the show. Uh, NCIS. She's like a go like really smart goth chick who's like doing all this crazy lab work and I guess mm -hmm. people have a thing for her. But I was just surprised to see her in this movie. And it's not a very long part. But it, she basically plays an intern relate much, David. Um, it's just like me. Yeah. It's just like you, David. Only you're not in some kind of relationship with either of us. So it's true. you don't get those benefits. Right, which Beth is in some kind of relationship with Noah because she like kisses him on the cheek. Yeah. I'm too busy watching Chud too, Bud the Chud. I hope that's in your free time because we're not paying you for that. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we get this weird tension where Rachel's acting all weird now because mm -hmm. Beth has come in and she realizes like they're kind of romantically involved, her and Noah. Yeah, it's like your first hint that maybe they had a relationship at some point or something. Right. So she like pulls the tape out and she like storms out and goes to the to yeah. leave. And Noah comes out and she's like, what? He's, what are you doing? I thought we were figuring this out. She's like, I don't want her to watch it. And he's like, okay, well, you let me watch it. Which, sir, you insisted on watching that. You asked. Yeah, exactly. She wasn't like, watch this motherfucker. I hope you die. 
Although I kind of wish she had said that. Uh, that's what you announce when you're showing Chud. Oh. I don't even know what this movie is. I don't want to know. Either. But it, the, the title alone is terrible. So I'll look it up while you're talking. I think David has done his due diligence and is researching that. But I'm curious to see what you find out in real time here. Oh, Yeah, I mean, Chud. It's the cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. Uh, it's not what I thought it was. Chuds. Oh, Aiden. It's Aiden. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> yes. So they have this little fight. And then Rachel decides to leave, but to get out of this building, she has to get on again. Here we're gonna we're gonna go back a little bit because in these movies, all these horror movies, I've kind of found things that are terrifying that aren't supposed to be. Elevator. She gets on the scariest. Thank you, scariest elevator. It's a freight elevator mm. that you have to like pick up from the bottom, like a garage door, and yeah. it's like this industrial thing, like freight elevator. And I would not get on that thing at all right like david lives in a warehouse loft which like teenage me thought was very cool and adult me is like that is a man who does not want to grow up i don't know that's not fair maybe that's just his office i I guess we don't see his i think he does live there right yeah we only see the front part so maybe the rest of it is super comfy cozy i don't know (laughs) it doesn't matter you have to take that elevator to get there is it worth it although it would make moving in pretty easy that's true Mm. So maybe I'm changing my tune here. Maybe Noah was the smartest one of all. Mm. Anyway, she gets on the elevator and then does the dramatic going down. And she's like looking up at Noah. Yeah, she's... And basically she's like, I don't ever want to talk to you again. Mm-hmm. That whole spiel, which we know means that they're going to talk again later. Yes. So she walks out of the building and then sees a ladder leaning up against the wall, which is mm-hmm. just like in the tape yes. and the that she watched. She has her first little... <gasps> moment and then some guy's just like lady it's bad luck to walk under ladders <laughs> yeah which she has already walked underneath it so mm. yeah and then it's saturday day three mm-hmm. like what uh so next scene we are now we we find out through contextual clues that uh becca who was the goth girl that watched or was with katie when she died mm-hmm. has been sent to an institution because it was yeah. very traumatic for her mm-hmm. but she gets led to a like interview room where rachel is asking her questions which how did rachel score that interview by the way she's not family so did she call becca's parents and be like is it cool if i interview your traumatized daughter about the thing that traumatized her is that okay she had a receipt i guess we like don't see it (laughs) like all right it is weird it's 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 set up you know it's not shot or or talked about but they just all of a sudden she's interviewing her interviewing her which I don't know how Becca gave consent because she is not talking to her. Oh, she's pretty nonverbal. She, yeah. Until she touches her hands and <laughs> <Yeah>. then, <laughs> and no, I'm not going chud direction with this. I'm just saying that Becca somehow knows that Rachel has watched the tape and is like, you'll find out what happened in four days because that's how much time she has left. Yep. Yep. Because yep. she's, Rachel's just kind of asking her generic, like, hey, do you know what happened? Do you know where the videotape came yes. from? And Becca's just, Nothing. And then, yeah, Nothing. like Jack said, when she takes her hand, she magically knows that Rachel's mm-hmm. going to die in four days. Yeah. Oh, so now Rachel is at work again. Mm-hmm. She's printing pictures from the tape because she's trying to see the little stretched part that she was going to get. But then she fucked up the tape when at Noah's. She's essentially printing like screenshots, which was kind of funny. Yes. <laughs> yes. So she's using this like ultra high end AV equipment. And there's this, like, intern who's like, yeah, you push this button, that button, you turn this knob, and done, you got it. And then Rachel's like, well, um, I want to watch this by myself, alone. Yeah. 
which weird about it makes it sound like it might be a little personal that she's bringing to work to view, which is kind of weird. Right. But then the person gets the hint and like leaves. It's like, okay, I don't care. Yeah. She then is able to quote unquote stretch the tape and see that on the side of the the one with the fly, the the scene with the fly, the yeah. landscape. Mm-hmm. She moves it over and then, and then she finds, oh, there's a lighthouse. Lighthouse. And finds like distinctive rocks um, near that lighthouse. Uh, was that fun? What was that? No, I was just laughing because it's it was like enough to distinguish exactly. What she needed. All other. Yeah. That I was not laughing at you. I was laughing at that. Oh, OK, good. I Why? can't take that. So you can't take it when I laugh at you. No. We're fucked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've done a lot of that already. So, <laughs> but we watched Tucker and Dale to make up for that, which I know you love that movie. Oh, yeah. It was my favorite for sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Okay. So she, she stretches it and is able to get a screenshot of the, of that lighthouse before mm-hmm. the machine is like, and like powers down because it's <laughs> apparently taxing the machine that it's stretching the tape. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But she turns it back on and then she, again, realizes that the fly is still moving even when the tape is paused, and she grabs it and is able to pull it off of the screen. And the fly is still alive when she plucks it out of the movie and is holding it. Yeah, which I will say, the first time I saw that, I was like, oh, that's crazy. That was creepy, yeah. So now, this is my favorite part of the movie. Hmm. Rachel then goes to a nice, ornate library. It makes her nose bleed. When she pulls the fly out, it makes her nose bleed. (laughs) I'm sorry, you're missing stuff. (laughs) Now we can go to the library. If I wrote any more, it would be the screenplay to this. <laughs> I can't write every... I'm sorry. That's the, that is an important point, though. She's bleeding, and then the technician comes over, and she's like, whoa, what's wrong with you? And she's like, wipes her nose. And... What's wrong with your face? Anyways, yes. Then she goes So to I just wanted to move... Yes, I wanted to move on to the best part. Sorry. She went to a nice, like, old library. That looked really cool. Did look cool. I like that building. And, okay, this is another part where it's the distinction between doing research in a library and then having computers. So let's walk through this here. So back before the internet, people, David, Mm -hmm. you had to do, you had to do like reference work to find information. Yes. So basically she's asking this librarian who brings over the stack of books and we find out she's trying to find that lighthouse that was Mm -hmm. on the tape. And unlike most reference work, she finds the fucking answer in 10 seconds. (laughs) I thought this too. Oh my God. She, flips two pages and she's like there it is it's like fuck you that's not how this works Ta-da, done unlike hours days weeks of research like she found yeah. it i wanted to see some like bags under her eyes like her son <laughs> maybe some gray hair after that process but no she would be dead i found it interesting that uh, she went online to look for the moscow islands and she found them on i usually websites are www but this one started c colon slash windows 98 <laughs> desktop so she's uh <laughs> She must have Why the biggest indeed? hard drive in the world at that time. Because, yes, that, that, thank you. That is a good point. Was she on the computer that houses the internet? And how did she get access to that? that how indeed? It's her desk computer, but yes, it redirects to her computer. It's Double click for arms wide open. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But no, again, thank you for pointing this out, David, because. And this is the the point of like, oh, you used to have to do all this research, blah, yeah. blah, blah. She immediately, the, the book says what this is, which is like Muscova or something like that island. That's the name of the island. Then 
Instead of staying in the library to find out what the fuck that place is or where it is, she goes to work and goes on her computer and Googles it, basically. What the hell, Rachel? Why wouldn't you just look up, like, images of lighthouses with rocks next to them? Or, you know, obviously that's not going to – that's going to that's gonna take a long time. But she immediately just goes straight to a computer and then does more research. And it's like this whole library scene was completely pointless. It was beautiful. It was beautiful, but – it's probably only because they had permission to shoot in that library or that space. Probably. They're like, it's pretty in here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, she goes back to work and is on her computer and is doing all this research about the, this island. She finds a picture of the lady in the tape that is standing in front of that lighthouse. And we find yeah. out her name is Anna Morgan. Lady who was in the mirror on the original tape. Yes. And I, I, I just made a note. I love a good research montage. So even though she's, like, jumping around in different, like, mediums, like, in terms of, like, paper about technology she's mm. still doing awesome research where she's like pouring over books and like l like research and stuff oh mm -hmm. i love this stuff this is what <laughs> i do at my job so yes. but she finds an article so and, and and another thing she has access to is like all of the seattle where she works the newspapers like archives so there's like these ginormous like folio ginormous books that she's, she's super handy right exactly it's a good thing she works there Mm -hmm. Pulling those down and looking through past articles. And what she finds is that there is articles about a mysterious sickness at the Morgan Ranch that is affecting horses. Mm -hmm. And then I said, where is her where is her goddamn son during all this? Right. Like, we just don't see Aiden for periods of time. We assume someone is watching him. I don't know. Maybe, like, Aiden's running a poker ring out of their apartment because she would never know. You lose again. I take your money. Like, you just count card, counting card. Okay. Don't worry, Rachel. I want us rent this month. <laughs> yeah, so she, you can tell she's burning the midnight oil or 2 a.m. oil or something because she's the only one in the office as she's doing all this research. But she also, she okay, so I had the aside where I'm like, where, what, are, what is her son doing? Mm -hmm. And then she finds Anna Morgan's obituary and yes. kind of reads that. And it says she died at like 44 or 45 or something like that. Pretty young. 44. Yeah, and it's, thank you. And it was basically, they assumed it was maybe a suicide, which mm -hmm. is also in the tape because there's a lady jumping off a cliff. Yes. And then all of a sudden, like, she's writing down all this stuff. And all of a sudden, she's, like, looking at the computer, but, like, her pen is fiercely scribbling. And she looks mm -hmm. down and realizes she's just drawing a circle on Anna Morgan's face. Scratched her face out. Defacing property of the newspaper. <sighs> Defacing. Drives me insane. <laughs> Don't dog ear your books, people. Yeah, don't do it. I hate that. That you shit. check out from libraries. You can do it to your own ones. I mean, you're a bad person, but you can do it. Yeah, you should cat ear them. No, just don't. <laughs> Be gentle with your poor books. So then we go to a uh, Noah is in a store buying cigarettes. It's Monday, day five. So, thank you. You're going to have to do this every time because I did not write these down. <laughs> I was like, Jack, you. it's your favorite part. I know. I'm, fall I'm falling behind. I'm like, yeah. I love the research. And I'm like, wait, when did this happen? Like, I What happened? <laughs> not following along. Sorry. Um, so, yes, uh, day five. Noah's getting cigarettes. Mm -hmm. And the clerk just says, you're going to die. And we're <laughs> like, How the hell does she know about the tape? And she's like, of smoking. And I'm or from, from smoking. And we're like, oh, okay. That's a weird way to uh, <laughs> get repeat customers. Just but... very, like, dead-eyed, you're going to die. Like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, it, it reminded me of The Exorcist, where <laughs> Reagan just immediately oh. goes up to the <laughs> astronaut guy. He's like, you're going to die up there, and then starts pissing on the floor. 
Yeah, well, she didn't pee because then she would have had to stand in like pee-soaked pants for the rest of her shift, and that's uncomfortable. And the clerk, yes, <laughs> yeah, the clerk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, still a power move though. From what still I power move. No pee for dominance. Pee for dominance. Is that a shirt? I don't know. <laughs> Do you want it to be a shirt? Or no, no, it should be on uh, underwear. We'll sell underwear. Oh. <laughs> I mean, mind. true. Okay. It could be on underwear or like diapers. We could put it on diapers. <laughs> I don't know why they don't call me when they're doing uh, merchandising. I know, right? Should. And and here is another trend we have found in these movies. So we went from the 60s, 70s, well, 70s, I guess. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street was the 80s and then Exorcist was the 70s. Basically, we, we are seeing the trend of what smoking is like in society. It goes from being almost expected that everyone smokes then going to like oh i i smoke but i shouldn't because it's you know it's not good for me but i still do and then it's a basically people being shunned for smoking because everyone i guess knows that it's bad at that point and this is kind of this movie where you know they give noah or the court gives noah crap for smoking and it's honestly I don't love that. Like, people are going to make their own choices. Don't be weird and shamey about shit. Maybe it's just because we work in a library and they're like, don't comment on what people are checking out to read because that's right. weird. Don't comment on what people are buying. Like, I hate that shit. But that's just a that's just a me aside. We could probably cut this. I'm just ranting. No, no, no. I think I I think it's valid because I, I, I do agree with you. And I feel like the, this these kind of moments are just put in movies to like, see we're against smoking or you know they're we're with the times or whatever it's just that kind of yeah it, it is very interesting how it shows the shift in attitude against this kind of stuff though is, and i mean it is bad for you like don't smoke sure. but also i don't know don't comment on what people are buying that's weird no if you're a clerk in a store don't just be like oh diapers or or oh <laughs> canned corn you're not buying the front like you know it's like you're not buying the p for dominance diapers what's wrong with you I mean, honestly, yeah. What is wrong with you? You could be buying it from us. Poor girl didn't even get credited in the movie. She had a speaking she part. She didn't? They didn't even give her? Didn't even get her name. Oh, that's shitty. Right. Nothing I can oh. find on IMDb. Well, maybe she was trying to, like, tell the director how to direct. And he's like, you know what? You're not getting in the movie. Have a line, but we won't tell them your name. Right. It's a bummer. They should have credited her. Yeah, I agree. So we get to... So basically, Noah looks in the CCT CCTV footage mm -hmm. and notices his face is all screwed up it's all jangled and looks twisted. it's blurry kind of like how it was mm -hmm. when he took the picture of rachel's face right right so he kind of is like what and then like goes out of the store so now we move on to apparently this explains what i would brought up earlier is that rachel comes home and she this is how you interact with complete strangers mm -hmm. if they're asleep you don't say a damn thing, and you just put your hand on their shoulder, so they jump and yeah. wake up. <laughs> she scared the shit out of her poor babysitter. Which, don't do that. Like, hey, <laughs> hey, wake up. Hey, you know, hey, how you doing? Like, do something other than just, mm -hmm. like, I'm going to touch you, and then, like, blah, like freak out. <laughs> yeah, so that's answered. She had a babysitter. That's mm -hmm. who, or it was probably more Aiden was watching the babysitter than the other way around, and we kind of get that right. dialogue of, like, Oh, he read me a bedtime story, and oh, that sounds bad. And Put himself to bed and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Aiden the adult. <laughs> so we, we get the scene where she's you know pays the babysitter and she leaves. And mm -hmm. Then Rachel immediately calls her sister and is like, 
uh, hey, can you babysit Aiden, <laughs> Aiden again? <laughs> can like, you watch my child? Because she wants to go to the island. She wants to take a trip there. And Ruth is like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And she's like, is this, is this to solve Katie's death? And she's, she, Rachel takes a drink of water and just immediately starts choking. And you're like, um, mm -hmm. okay. And eventually she's choking so much that she starts like pulling a, like, looks like a string or like hair yeah. out of her mouth. Mm -hmm. And as she's choking, Ruth's like, are you okay? Like, it's like, oh my gosh. This is, you okay? This is traumatic. So she pulls out what looks like, we find out this later, but it's a like sensor that you put on your skin if you're doing like tests or whatever. Shock right. therapy. Yeah. At the time, you don't know what that is. I thought it was hair. So that was disgusting. Looks like hair. And so you see the little electrode at the very end of it. Yeah. And then she realized that Ruth is hung up. Or, or something. She's not on the or phone it's like, bye. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not dealing with this. But she immediately goes to Aiden's room, and mm -hmm. there is a girl sitting in a chair with, like, a puddle of water beneath her. So Rachel's seeing some stuff now. Uh-huh. The She kind of goes up to the girl, and the girl grabs her arm, and she mm -hmm. gets, like, this flashback of, like, being in a white room. It's pretty quick. You don't get too much from it. But... Yeah, you get the sense that it's, like, a vision that the ghost is giving to Rachel, mm -hmm. or whoever this girl is. Yeah. And then she wakes up. So there's that trope of like, oh, it was all a dream. But she pulls down her sleeve and realizes there's like a handprint on her arm. So it was real. Uh, the ghost burned her where she touched her. Yeah. Just like Freddy. Oh. Just like Freddy. Rachel finds that Aiden is watching the tape. Mm -hmm. He's like, he's just catching the tail end of it. It's the well. And it goes, goes static. And she's, she. She loses her fucking mind. This is the most emotion I've ever seen. Not well, during this whole movie, basically. <laughs> and she's like screaming. And Aiden, of course, is just like, what? What? <laughs> she like covers his eyes after the movie's over. She's like, no. Like, well, he already. Yeah. He already saw it. He, it's already in his brain hole, you know? Lives there now. He's already got it. Mm -hmm. And then the phone rings. Yeah. <laughs> and she's again shaken. And this is, I think this is where she like picks up the phone and then hangs it up. Yeah. Because she doesn't want she doesn't want her little boy to talk to a little girl because she's against that kind of relationship. Mm -hmm. Um and the phone rings again and she just picks it up. And she's like, <laughs> and Leave it's Noah. Us alone. And he's like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> and she basically reveals, she says, he watched it. And he's like, who? He's like, our son. So now we know <laughs> that Rachel and, and Noah were a couple mm -hmm. or, or were Intimate and had a child, Sexy. and Aiden is their son. Ooh. Ugh. <laughs> what? He's an android. I don't know how oh that happened. It's not natural. He is a child. All right. Baby robot. Anyways, so day six. <laughs> Thank you. Dun, dun, dun. Who's day? Day six. Um. So now Aiden is talking to Noah about being... So they're basically in a car. They're back at Ruth's house because she's getting more information from her journal and stuff. This was so awkward. Oh man, yeah. So this leaves Aiden and Noah in the, in his car. Yeah, and they're just Aiden's basically giving him shit about being an absent father. I can't remember what the dialogue was, but he's just like, "You weren't there. You were never there, or whatever." And he's like, "Well, you know." My father was a disappointment, so I didn't want to carry that on or something. So I and... continued to be a disappointment. <laughs> right, right. So I'm going to continue this legacy. Aiden is like, it's a conundrum. And justifiably, Noah's like, Psh. you know, he kind of laughs at that. Like, it's kind of funny mm -hmm. that like a little kid like that knows that word and knows the context for it. I also, this is where I want to point out that Aiden has 
the Jim Carrey Dumb and Dumber haircut, and I cannot take him <laughs> seriously anymore. He does. He does. I didn't even pick up on that. <laughs> it's not great. No, it's a bad look. It's a bad kid. Ugh. Anyway. He's not so, a bad kid. He's just an adult. He's a traumatized kid. He's very traumatized. What I'm saying is I don't think he's a good actor. If this was the direction he was given, he was a bad director. I think it's just not... This is not how kids act. No, that's true. It's Even not. traumatized ones. Even traumatized children. <laughs> Don't run around Unless saying Unless they conundrum. were programmed. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. So now they drive to the island. Mm -hmm. They all three go to the island, but she insists on being dropped off, and he, she tells Noah to go investigate Anna Morgan's like re medical records or whatever. at Because she was also sent to an institution. You mean all three? They left left Aiden at Ruth's house. It's just the two of them driving. Oh, right. Okay. The reason I thought he was there is because Noah gives her, like, a drawing. She oh. she has... He's like, hey, draw something for Mommy, and she he draws this little picture, and those two drive to the island. Yes. No, wait. Aiden's driving. Aiden is driving. He's <laughs> actually the adult. They're both drunk in the backseat. Yeah, he's got a cigarette. Yeah. You know. It's like a 40s noir narration style overhead. Day four. They still don't know I'm a robot. One one zero zero one one zero. So Rachel is reading her research and she finds out that Anna has a daughter. So there's like some article that talks about her being at some kind of horse competition. And the report mentions that Anna Morgan's there in the stands with her daughter. Mm -hmm. So this obviously clues in Rachel to know this information. Oh, this is when she's on the boat. So she has been dropped off by Noah. She's on the ferry to get to the island. Yes. And Noah is on his quest to go find medical records of Anna Morgan. Mm -hmm. So she finds out this information and then she immediately goes over to like there's like a horse trailer on the on the ferry. Why are you trying to talk to someone else's horse? Like that's not your horse. It was weird. I wrote this in I, I, like 72 font. I took up so many pages. just <laughs> with, I'm like, why are you trying to pet someone else's horses? She's are like you? reaching like, it's OK, boy. And obviously the horse is aggravated because it's not. It's pissed. It's like, get away from me. And she's like. No, I'm gonna keep trying to. She pet keeps it. trying. Like, yes. Get the fuck away from the horse. The horse Stop does trying not to pet the horse. Want to talk to you? Stop it, lady. If you ran into a snarling dog and it was like growling at you, are you gonna keep trying to pet it? Right. Well, oh, she keeps talking to it like it knows English. Yeah. Uh -huh. No one knows horses speak Italian. That's true. That is an Italian horse. You are being nay, very nay, nay, disrespectful, nay. Rachel. Nay, 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 nay. Um, nay, nay. Yeah. So, so the horse <laughs> is understandably pissed off. I, I, I believe the connection here is that she was touched by the child yeah. uh, in her little dream flashback thing. And the horse is reacting to that because we start realizing that maybe the kids had something to do with all the crazy horse deaths that were happening on the Island back from those articles. Yeah. The daughter the horse right, can like smell the, the ghost on her. Right. So, and it does. It, it sure it's does. Chomping at the bit. It's trying to like bite her arm. Um, so the horse freaks out. After she tries to pet it for the third time. <laughs> Stupid. It was fine before that. Yeah. It was fine before that. They would. Okay. I'm sorry. Rachel, <laughs> you're dumb. Justice for so the, the horse. Ho the horse bucks and Broncos or whatever. And then it breaks the trailer open and starts running around on the ferry. Yeah. And everyone's like, whoa, Nelly. Whoa. They're like trying to like. There's a which horse. I'm surprised. They all had like ropes and were ready to lasso that thing. Yeah. They were prepared. That was. Preparedness, yes, exactly. 
but they can't catch it because this thing is going crazy. It's like jumping over all these cars and stuff. That's a huge and it horse finally, too. It's a big horse. I think horses scare the shit out of me. Those things are huge. I know they're like docile for the well, most part animals, but like this movie proves that that is not. I mean, if you have some kind of devil child that touched you, horses don't like you. Yeah. I have a healthy fear respect for horses. Like I like them, but they are big and they that does kind of freak me out a little bit, especially they're, when they're like mad and running at you. That's scary. They're huge. Big. They're like a building. It's in okay, Sid imitating a horse. I'm I'm which very uh, cool which is her like doing her buff arms basically. Holding my little <laughs> arms out. <laughs> <laughs> so the horse runs around, run, runs around, runs around, and it finally is starts heading back towards Rachel. And Rachel like cowers at the end of the boat or on the side of the boat, and like ducks, and the horse jumps over and falls into the water. It was very sad. Yeah, this part I remember when I first watched this movie because I was Me like, "Oh my too. god, traumatizing." Mm-hmm. Oh, but don't don't worry, it gets much worse. So they all like the Titanic. Stand well opposite of the Titanic. They stand at the back of the ship. Run to the back and are like, "Hold me, whatever, Jack." Or oh, hey, I'm Jack. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> we're gonna watch Titanic at some point. That's my name. Just that part. <laughs> Just that part. part. Hold me, mm-hmm. Jack. But I'm gonna I'm gonna splice in or have David do this uh, the this next scene. So it'll be hold me, Jack, and then they're all looking down in the water. Because the horse has fallen off the boat, and now it goes underneath the boat, and the propellers chop it up into little pieces. Yeah, you just see, like, bloody and water. It's, it's yes, sad. Yes, there's just, yeah, it's it's pretty rough. Next scene, um, Noah is trying to get Anna Morgan's records. Yes. Um, and he does this by going up. <laughs> now, this, this is accurate. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> Rachel could walk into any situation and get whatever the hell she needed. Noah comes in, and he's like, uh, yeah, I need access to Anna Morgan's file medical files basically and they're like um are you, are you related and he's like no he's like these no. are confidential records you dumb fuck like they are very much like <laughs> like condescending to him rightfully so because it is it is yeah. weird that you think you can just walk in and get those um but he's like i was here before i know they're upstairs and the guy the guy next to her is like good try they're downstairs Dummy. which is like <laughs> Why would you tell him why that? You, why would you say that? Anyway, so now Noah knows where the files are, and he knows where he needs to break in. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, we quickly change scenes again, and we're now following Rachel. She has just been dropped off from the ferry, or, or taken a truck ride from the ferry to be dropped off at Anna Morgan's house. Morgan Farm, yeah. The Morgan Manor Farm thing. She... Knocks on the door, no answer. She's kind of looking around. Mm-hmm. So she walks around the property like a snoop, like she does. She's she's an investigative journalist, so she she's walking snooping. around. Yeah. Yeah. She goes to, like, behind the house and finds an old guy and says, Richard Morgan? Because she knows that, you know, this is probably Anna's husband. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, how's it going? And he's, like, fixing a, a fence or working on the farm or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's, I guess, gracious enough to give some of his time to her. He's kind of like he really doesn't have to. No, he's 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 pretty accommodating at first. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Where he's he's kind of saying like, you know, um, I've had a lot of reporters come through here. What are you here for? And she's talking about the dead horses and wants to know about that whole 
Yeah, and history. like that's okay. He's like on board when it's that. Yeah, and he's like, well, you know, it, it really affected us. Yada yada yada. She's like, well, where do you breed your horses still? And he says no. And then she kind of quickly segues to, oh, your wife, because they're in his house now, and they're, he's yeah. she's seeing all these photos of Anna Morgan with her horses. She was, I guess we didn't say this, but she's like a prize, like horse trainer and horse breeder. She won a lot of awards. Yeah. And then this was their livelihood. This was the, the farms, the ranch's livelihood was breeding horses and, mm-hmm. and selling them to, uh, so they could race and do competitions. But she starts kind of prying into Anna Morgan and you can tell Richard is getting a little cagey about it now. Now that he's realized she's here to talk about his wife, he doesn't really want to talk to her anymore. Right. And then just like this whole time, time she's been carrying that fucking tape around she pulls it out of <laughs> her bag she's like have you seen this you know what this is and he's like a vhs tape and no no he's like he kind of is like oh you know he gets kind of this weird look on his face richard morgan is not happy about seeing the tape he said oh. where did you get that mm-hmm. um and he basically says interviews over and he basically shoves her out of the house yeah he boots her out <laughs> and slams the door in her face sensitive subject rightly so because she's kind of being annoying yes she's being pretty snoopy oh i guess before the before the door slams she asks about his daughter and he mm-hmm. says he does not have a daughter yeah. so shadow okay now we jump back to noah to noah he is now he is he has now broken into the downstairs room where all the medical files are stored mm-hmm. and i guess this is the clue that it's the right room there's a fly on the door which would not clue me into beast i know right he's like it's a clue (laughs) no noah it's a fly these people are just seeing they're seeing what they want to see from the the tape i think just imagine noah following flies throughout the whole building he's like it's this one no damn that was the wrong fly maybe it's this one oh it's the bathroom (laughs) yeah that's where the flies go you idiot He's just following flies around the building. He's going, he's digging through trying to find the file of Anna. And we kind of leave him at his task and go to the next scene where Aiden is <laughs> sitting on the floor and he is just furiously drawing a circle with like black charcoal. He's like, <laughs> and eventually, I guess this would be Ruth, is like, hey, Aiden, Aiden, like trying to get his attention. And, you know, she says, your, your mom wants to talk to you. Mm-hmm. So Rachel has called because she wants to, she pulls out the uh, drawing that Aiden made for her that mm-hmm. Noah gave to her right before she got off the ferry, got on the ferry. And she noticed that it is the house. It is Richard Morgan's house. So she calls him and says, how did you draw this? How did you know that what this was? He's basically like, well, the little girl shows me things mm-hmm. like the house. And he says that. The little girl doesn't like horses. She lives in a dark place now. So we're getting all these clues from Aiden, which it's like, Aiden, you little, do you think you should tell this stuff to your mom who is going to investigate this stuff? Maybe he doesn't know that. Eh. Those are pretty important clues, I would say. <laughs> so yes. Aiden is withholding information. Aiden is seven. <laughs> because AI is taking over. <laughs> yeah. So we get all this contextual clues about the little girl, how she is showing uh, Aiden things. Yeah, she's giving him visions. Yeah, it's not like she's telling them. It's yeah, giving him visions. So now, um, Rachel goes to the doctor of the island, mm-hmm. who is Doctor Grasnick, and she's kind of sitting in the waiting room. And she finally gets to see the doctor and says she's asking about Anna Morgan's daughter. The way she kind of connect, because you know the doctor's very apprehensive. She's like not. She's kind of cagey, kind of like Richard Morgan was. They're not really open to outsiders. A close knit community living on an island. I mean, it makes sense. 
especially when people are kind of snooping around like that. Mm -hmm. But Rachel admits that she is seeing things. Mm -hmm. And she also says that her son is seeing things and she's there because of her son. And she happens to think it's because of this little girl. Yeah. And so this basically leads to our info dump or our exposition of <laughs> yes. Samara, who we find out is the girl's name. And it, Dr. Grasnick basically says Anna was trying to conceive, but she couldn't. And then one summer they came, her and Richard came back and just all of a sudden had a child named Samara. That they adopted. Well, that they said they adopted. Yeah. Yeah. Then not shortly after that, I suppose, Anna Morgan came to Dr. Grasnick and was talking about the visions that were kind of mm -hmm. similar to what Rachel was talking about. And, you know, Rachel's asking, well, what happened to her, yada, yada, yada. And Grasnick says, well, since, like, she's basically saying how the island is at a rough time. They had, like, low crop yields and low, Yeah. basically the island wasn't doing well and everyone was getting sick and the horses were all dying. And she said that since Samara was gone, has been gone, things had been better on the island. So kind of yeah. implying, like, Maybe she was some kind of... Samara's evil and essentially affecting crops and wildlife. Causing, and... Yeah, causing those yeah. problems. So now we're back to Noah, and he is trying... He's trying... <laughs> this is good. We I'll find out Samara got sent to a psych ward. Like, when yes. she was pretty little, they sent her away to a psych ward on the main island. And same with Anna Morgan. So they both went to the same place. I don't know if at the same time or whatever, but, like, they're in the same the same institution. So no, now Noah is trying to get access to because in, when he's going through the files, he finds reference to some kind of observation tape, like a yeah. like a movie they made of Samara. Yeah, he is now trying to get access to that, which is not in her file. He has to go elsewhere to find that. Mm -hmm. So he goes up to there's like this clerk guy, <laughs> and he yeah. is he's kind of talking to Noah, who who Noah is telling him that he is Richard Morgan. Right, and so the guy is like, what? What's you your secret? Be, you look amazing. Yeah, you, you have to be like 80 years old. How do you look like that? And he's like, oh, just died next to He's like, no shit. Like, just like this funny exchange. And then as soon as they like turn the corner, he's like, I'm on to you, you motherfucker. Like, <laughs> I'm not an idiot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, yeah, it, which was kind of funny. But he tells Noah, posing as Richard Morgan, is saying, I want to watch the tape. And the clerk is like, okay, you know, I keep everything organized. I know where everything's at. He goes straight to the shelf, finds the videotape, and he opens it, and it's empty, and he just says, okay, now I'm mad. Now I'm mad. Like, because it's missing. <laughs> it's <laughs> the best line of the movie, absolutely. And ironically, he checks the log of, like, who, who last checked it out and viewed oh, yeah. it. It's Richard Morgan, who Noah just lied to him and said he's Richard Morgan, so. <laughs> Noah's like, who checked it out? Uh -oh. and the tech looks at him. He's like, it was you. Exactly. So that was kind of a funny little scene in a relatively heavy movie. Now, okay, we, we're now back at Rachel. This is where, even as an investigative journalist, you need to know your boundaries. Right. She goes back to Richard Morgan's house at midnight. Right. It's the middle of the damn night. And she's like knocking on the door kind of apprehensively. And it, it just, the door opens and she's like, hello. So, of course, you just walk in, right? Right? What if she got shot in the face? Exactly. Richard Morgan doesn't seem like he's messing around, so. Not really. So, of course, she's snooping around again. She goes to a, there's a TV in, like, the living room, and she finds the electrodes that she had pulled out of her throat not too long ago before she left for the island. So she finds those. She finds a tape in a VCR, and it's, the, unbeknownst to her, it's the tape that Noah was trying to get from the clerk, the, the missing tape. Yeah, it's like box of Samara's 
medical files. Yes, yes, exactly. So, of course, Rachel pushes the tape in and she starts watching it. And it's we find out that it is like it is the observation tape from the like institution that she was in. And we quickly notice that uh, the tape is like sped up and she keeps running around and looking at the camera running around and she never sleeps. She's never in the bed sleeping. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of freaky. And then now we're looking at her sitting in a chair, hooked up to all those electrodes. And there's a doctor asking, asking her these questions. Yeah. He's like interviewing her, trying to figure out what's going on with her. And she's like, well, daddy's never going to let me leave. And he's like, but you don't want to hurt anybody. And she's like, Oh, but I do. And I'm sorry, but I do. And you're like, Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe you just stay here then, creepy little girl. Yeah. Yeah. She is. She doesn't like people, I don't think. Now, now, rightfully so, because people are not treating her very well right now. But she's giving off some pretty weird vibes here. She, she's scary. And she's got that whole, like, emo phase where she just has, like, super long hair in front of her face. So you can just, like, see one eye. And she's saying all this. Yeah. She has long black hair and, like, a white yeah. gown. And it's very mm -hmm. gothic. Yeah. So the doctor is holding up x-rays. And they have, like, little images of, like, a horse and, like, jacks, like the game, the jacks game. Old school game. Old school game. Not even, I, I've never played that. Just just various little things. And the doctor's like, how did you make these? Implying that Samara has somehow created these x-rays of, like, toys and stuff. Mm -hmm. Which, honestly, when, this is interesting because when Noah was going through Anna Morgan's file... He found those same, I think it was Anna Morgan's file. I don't know if it was her or Samara, but he found those same x-rays. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that, because he found out that Anna Morgan, like, got pregnant, had a miscarriage, got pregnant, like, over and she over and over and like over. three again. miscarriages. Yeah. yeah. And so I thought she was kind of going crazy and swallowing kids' toys or something like that. And those were x-rays oh. from her stomach or something. Fair enough. I did not I, take it that way, but that's interesting. Yeah. Well, we find out that that is not what was happening. It's not it was, what happened. But, I mean, that's an interesting theory. I was trying to piece together something there. But um, <laughs> so we find out that Samara is somehow making these x-rays. And she tells the doctor that basically, oh, I don't make them. I just think them and they come into they existence. Become. Yeah. Right. We pan back out to watch Rachel, who is sitting in Mr. Morgan's house in midnight, at midnight, like, not noticing that he is standing in the background watching her watch Which, the tape of his, like, scary-ass child. Yes. And I will say, this movie did something very effective. Mm -hmm. The lighthouse light is, like, periodically sweeping the room. So you mm -hmm. kind of get light every once in a while. And it was it was pretty eerie. Like, it, when the light isn't on, it's pitch black and it keeps coming around. I thought they were going to do some kind of jump scare thing with him popping up, but he just kind of at one point is just standing there. Yeah, which was also creepy. It was creepy, but it was kind of a – I was hoping for something a little bit more scary than that, I guess. Either way, it was effective. So, yeah, he's standing there behind her, and he – this is the part where she's saying basically daddy is going to keep me here, and she says daddy doesn't know, and then he – I think the – tape cuts out or something like that and he just mm -hmm. richard morgan just whips like a something at rachel and hits her in the head i couldn't tell what it was it's not enough to knock her out but i couldn't tell right. what it was it was like a, a keyboard almost. like a power strip or something a key, something. keyboard yeah it was like electrical equipment or something this cracks her across the head it's kind of funny it looked almost like a power strip with a cpap machine <laughs> yeah. yeah there's a lot of weird stuff 
cobble together there. Mm-hmm. So Rachel does a sensible thing and gets right back up and starts falling up the stairs. Cause he, he goes follows him yelling at him. This man who just attacked you after you broke into his house at midnight, right. researching his daughter. He doesn't want to talk about. Right. And now she's starting to accuse him of killing his daughter yes. and he's not answering. He's, He's just up around. fully ignoring her at this point. He's just kind of putzing around. We we get clearer shots of like we do see that he has he's like wearing like an like a power strip around his neck mm-hmm. and has all this weird stuff with him. He's taking stuff into the bathroom, and then we realize that there's water, there's cables running into the bathroom, and there's water everywhere. So hmm, I wonder what Richard Morgan is going to do right now. Yeah. Also, I will just say I don't think you need that much stuff in your bathroom to ki- if you're going to kill yourself with electrical equipment by dumping it in water. I don't think you need as much as he was bringing in. He had like every electrical device in his house was in the bathroom yeah. and he had it like plugged in and all this stuff. I don't think you need all that. Maybe he wanted to be sure. I don't know. Yeah, it's a it was a lot. Yeah. So they're kind of having this back and forth where he's like basically I'm I'm done. You reporters keep coming in and like spreading your disease in the world by reporting on other people's misfortunes and this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he can't stop hearing the voices. So we find out she's still torturing. Samara is still torturing him. Yeah. And so at this point he just, uh, he turns on the power ship that's around his neck and he takes a dunk into the bathtub, which is completely full of water. He electrocutes himself. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So goodbye, Richard. As this is happening and as Rachel is screaming, because this is a little traumatic to see someone do this to themselves, yeah. Noah comes in and, and he's like trying, he's like, ah, it's me, it's me. He's co- trying to comfort her and everything. And they're they're still trying to piece together what's, you know, what's going on here. So they, she kind of has a moment of clarity and says, recites the line that Aiden said to her about like the horses keep her up at night. Yeah. And so she looks out the window and sees the barn and she's like, let's go to the barn, let's go to the barn. There's got to be a clue there. And then they walk in and the world's tallest ladder known to man (laughs) is in the barn and it leads up to this like tiny little room in like a little attic area. It's like a little loft. Yeah. And they do the stupidest thing. Okay. Again, with the freight elevator and all this stuff, would you get on a rickety ladder, get two people on the same ladder and trust that it's going to hold both your weight? No, I'd have one go up. There you go. They do that. So that's dumb. (laughs) <laughs> the ladder holds they make it it does it does so my fear is unfounded there <laughs> so but they they climb up it's a little teeny room it's a girl's room it's where samara was held by her father mm-hmm. um, because he was basically just keeping her away from out of the house and away from everything and just in that little area yeah. um but they know it kind of looks and realizes that there's like a like the wallpaper's peeling mm-hmm and so they start ripping it off and they see that the that tree, the image of that tree that's from the video, from the tape, is burned into the wall. Interestingly, I started to notice, and I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention earlier or if it's just for this little bit, color starts to come back. Like you can see flesh tones, you can see blush and the skin tone, and it's not just blue tinted. Like they look like actual people for a little bit. It's not blue. God forbid, right? It's not rainy and gloomy like it has been the entire time (laughs) so rachel then says i've seen this tree before Mm -hmm. and then this is back at cabin 12 on in that resort shelter mountain inn right so they go back to that Mm -hmm. to the cabin 12 and something i forgot to mention before when she was at cabin 12 watching the tape for the first time 
the sun was setting and oh, yeah. this tree on the hill, which is the one she saw, had all these red leaves and the sunlight was like casting this like red glow in the room as she was watching it. Mm-hmm. And so they go back to the cabin now and it's starting to have that same effect because the sun is setting. And this is, by the way, the seventh day. So she is nearing the end of her life, potentially, if she can't figure this mystery out. Seven days. Yes. Thank you. Creepy. They're justifiably freaking out. a little frustrated. They feel like they have run into a dead end and she doesn't have much time left. Yeah. So Noah just goes ape shit and starts like breaking stuff yeah. in the room. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck, Noah? He's like, whatever it's this and whatever it's that and whatever. And so he destroys all this stuff. And luckily there's like a vase full of marbles and it just, all the marbles fall on the floor, but then roll into the center, like into this one place, like there's a depression in the floor. So they look at each other and then Noah immediately like, goes and finds an axe i believe noah is only in this movie so he can destroy shit because he is constantly like breaking locks breaking into doors breaking stuff axe on a floor so he's just a rando that they found outside and they're like hey man are you good at breaking shit do you want to be in our movie yeah exactly so he is going to town on the floor just chopping it with an axe which i'm like i don't know maybe there's a better way to do that maybe pull out the nails with like a hammer or something but no he is determined to chop that thing up it's probably cathartic yeah I, okay i get it i get it they, he finally gets the floor cut open and lo and behold there is a well underneath the floorboards that has and that is covered that was cool yeah that was yeah. creepy to be like oh shit it's right there it's right there this whole time it's been like the, when the kids watched the tape they were on top of the well mm-hmm. uh, when she watched the tape she was on top of the well essentially yeah like, right there so they both get down jump down and start pushing it open mm-hmm. and at this point because it's getting kind of close to her 11th hour water starts seeping into the room uh, unbeknownst to them and like for some reason the nails are coming out of the floorboards and like screws are unscrewing i'm not really sure why that's happening but Mm-hmm. So as they push open the well and they look down, they, they can't see the bottom even with their flashlight. So they drop a rock. And I don't think they ever... I don't think they hear it. It's just to see how deep it is. Right. They they want to see how, how deep the well is and there's no sound, which is interesting. But they soon find out, or at least Rachel does, because the mm. floorboard falls down. The TV, which has been kind of turning on and staticking like yeah. it has throughout this movie, slides down and hits her and she falls into the well. And... She, Oh my God. Like she falls and like hits the sides of the well. Like I was no. like, you would be dead if that happened. Right. Like she's just bounce. Cause it's a, the well is made out of stone, like very old stone. Oh, so yes. she's just like bouncing back and forth all the way down. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. She's not dead. She's not. She falls in, but mm-hmm. she falls into water, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And our next scene is basically her face down in the water and she's quickly regains consciousness and you know comes to Mm -hmm. and is able to survive and they you know noah is obviously concerned and yelling her name and so she finally says i'm okay i'm here and so he's at this point i'm just like really they should have brought that ladder because that would have been easy to get out of there (laughs) with that thing yeah noah runs off to find help or to find something yeah. to help pull her out. Right, exactly. She's alone looking up and like the well lid starts to slowly come back over and something is pushing the lid back on top of the well. And then you see the ring image and you're like, oh, fuck, that was the ring. The telltale ring. 
Yes. And so as she as that happens, she's justifiably a little freaked out about that. Mm-hmm. And then she starts kind of looking around. She's looking at the walls and notices there's like claw marks in the walls. Yes. Ugh. And she gets a little closer and realizes that, oh, there's a fingernail right there. Oh, Disgusting. That poor Disgusting. girl. Like, I know she's evil and we don't like her, but like, ooh, what a way to die. Oh, man. So <laughs> I found this kind of funny. Noah, in his haste, grabs a fire hose and then, like, is like, I'm coming, I'm coming, Rachel, and, like, runs. And then, like, it's still connected to something, so he, like, pulls it and, like, falls on the ground like a doofus. That was funny. Because <laughs> it's a full, like, three stooges, like, and he falls all the way back. Yeah, yeah. And while he's he's having his little uh, three stooges moment... Uh, it cuts back to Rachel, and she just kind of pulls up her hands, and there's hair in her hand, which yeah, is ugh, the disgusting. Ghost and right after that, a hand grabs hers, or grabs her arm, and she has another flashback, mm-hmm. where now it's Samara standing back in time. Samara standing at the well, singing, and we get this shot of, like, there's horses running around in the field. There's no cabin over the well, so presumably this is way before that resort is built. And her mother comes up behind her, and she says, she says, what was it? Uh, Things will get better or something like that? Something like that. She's like, it's so beautiful here, and don't worry, things will get better, and... And then she, like, grabs a plastic bag and holds it over Samara's throat and just chokes her out, essentially, and then pushes her ass into the well. But before she pushes her in, she's like, all I wanted was you. And then goes her down the well. Very effective. Uh Uh-huh. It's messed up. (laughs) It's messed up. Hi, girl. So now we're back to Rachel. And Rachel now knows what happened. And is justifiably a little shaken by all this. Yeah. But she notices that the handprint disappears on her arm. That's right. So now we're thinking maybe she's good. Maybe We've set her free. She's okay. She's not going to die. Uh, or mm-hmm. Rachel's not going to die. And now <laughs> she just kind of looks down in the water and Samara's body just kind of floats up to her intact. Mm-hmm. So she holds her in her arms and she's kind of like looking down at her. And she says like, you're free or, you know, not, you know be free or whatever and then you get the impression that like rachel just thinks like oh samara was just misunderstood and she was just this little girl who wanted to be loved and a horrible but like i'll love her and set her free and i'll break the curse yes rachel is foolish so we're we're le- kind of led to understand uh, from rachel's point of view that like samara just wanted closure on her death essentially and right. that was going to break the curse for for all this the the tape and the ring and all that stuff so that's not it. No. And we get a nice little sh- CGI shot of uh, Samara just decomposing in Rachel's arms, which is disgusting. She kind of goes to what you would expect a little girl to look like after she's been down there for however long. It's gross. Yes. So uh, then we cut to Rachel is being rescued, or she is rescued by, like, the fire department and the EMTs and stuff that come there. Mm-hmm. And Rachel just asks, like, how her mo- how a mother could do that and then realizes, oh, Aiden has been rather neglected by her. <laughs> Rachel's like, wait, I'm a shitty mom. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Noah asks how someone could, how long someone could survive down there, and re- Rachel realizes seven days. That's where the seven days comes from. Seven days. Which, Jesus, ugh, terrible. It would be a way to go, for sure. Not yeah. a great way. No. So n- now we cut to Aiden is just, like, limp and, like, sleeping, passed out on the floor. 
Yeah. Maybe Ruth is not a good babysitter either, because he's not even tucked into bed. He's just like on the floor. He looks like he fell down fell down the stairs and is that's where he landed. It it doesn't look like a comfortable position. Little guy. So Noah, you know, they they pick him up and get him to bed and Noah leaves and says, Call me tomorrow, maybe the day after that, which I thought was a pretty in- good line, I guess. It was cute. Like, it hey, was like a little reconciliation maybe. Be together. Like yeah. they they're gonna yeah. That's the indication they're going to be in a relationship now. So now we it's the next morning, and Aiden and Rachel are sleeping in the same bed, and Aiden asks Rachel, why did you help Samara after he finds out this whole thing? And he, she kind of was like, what are you talking about? Like, I we, I we saved her. Free. Everything's yeah. done. Everything's yeah. fine. And then she sees a handprint on Aiden's arm. Mm-hmm. Aiden basically says, you know, she never sleeps. Don't you get it, Rachel? And she never sleeps. And so we know that Samara isn't actually dead. No, she just skipped Rachel. Right. So now the last scene, and probably the most climactic, the probably the most famous one, is we are in Noah's studio. This scared the hell out of me the first time I saw it. Yeah, this is pretty traumatic, too. <laughs> His TV turns on. It's staticky, you know, of course. And he just goes, shuts it off, mm-hmm. and it turns right back on, and it's the picture of the well. Mm-hmm. And... He kind of is like scrutinizing the TV and like, like, what is going on here? Yeah. And the phone starts ringing, which we find out later that it's it's Rachel trying to call Noah because she's going to tell him like, hey, this isn't over, yada, yada, yada. Because Noah must not have an answering machine because, my God, that phone rings like 50 times. His box is full, yes. Mm. Or he doesn't have a voicemail set up or whatever. Yeah, this is like the iconic thing where Samara is climbing out of the well yes. and starts walking towards Noah. She very slowly starts shuffling towards the front of the screen and you're like, oh my gosh, where's this going? And I haven't seen this before. So like she breaks really? through the TV. Well, no, I've seen the movie before, but like the first time I saw it. Oh, oh, this the, like effect or whatever. Effect, yeah. So when she walks through the TV and like comes into Noah's world and is still walking after him, you're like, oh my God. The ghost is in your house. Get the shit out of me. Yeah, and she, she is still like VHS quality, black and white, like which is kind <laughs> yes, of funny. Is. It's not it's like cool. she, her color changes as she comes through the TV, but mm-hmm. um, which yeah is a cool effect. And so she can also teleport, which I didn't know that. But she's just like immediately zooms closer to Noah, and he falls down and knocks hey, over all this shit. If you're gonna believe she can walk through a TV, she could. She could probably fucking no. teleport. Oh, okay. No. That that is the line. That crosses my line. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it basically just ends with Noah screaming as she comes closer. She does look up and you see her eye, which is just like she looks a little pissed off. Yeah, I think when he sees her eye, like when they make eye contact, like scares him to death, or she kills him through her eyeballs or something. I guess I'm not really sure the process of this, um, but. Rachel is still on the phone trying to call. So this whole time, this phone is going off. So yes, I don't know what uh, what is up with Noah's phone. Yeah. But she is on the phone screaming, not talking to him, but screaming in the phone, driving her car like a madman through the traffic, just like dodging buses and shit. Yeah. <laughs> and she finally gets to Noah's place and mm-hmm. ironically does not take the freight elevator, but goes up the stairs. So that whole time there were stairs. You should have just gone down those in the first place. She comes in. Here's the phone ringing. Realizes it's it's still her phone it's that's me. calling his. Hangs so she up. hangs up, <laughs> and she sees that no. Which I, I I will give Samara this. She was nice enough to put Noah in a chair. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. He didn't mm-hmm. just because you know he, the way it looked like he was going to die on the floor, but she was like, "Oh, I'm going to stay up in this chair." Just thoughtful. This. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thoughtful. a thoughtful, vengeful spirit. And she also like turned it away, so whoever walked in didn't immediately get traumatized. You had to do that yourself when you went up to him. Uh, um, so Rachel went up, flips the chair around, and she just like screams like bloody murder. Maybe yeah. that's why Naomi Watts got this role because she is a scream queen, Mama. I, like she yeah. screams so much. <laughs> She's a good screamer, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then she like leaves and then sees Beth get on the freight oh, elevator. I know. And she just hides in the stairwell and lets Beth go up and doesn't warn her. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? So, good job, Rachel. I know you're traumatized, but man, Beth is also going to be. Yeah. And Beth is Noah's intern girlfriend. We're not really sure, but she was in the movie earlier. So, you don't see her very often, but it's going to fuck her up. Yeah. No, this is like the second time you see her. So, do you think this is like a, I'm getting back at you, like... From Rachel, you slept with my boyfriend or you're my whatever. You're going to see a horrible thing. Kind of a little bit. Like, I think it's also a trauma response of like, I don't know you enough to warn you. I don't owe you that. Also, how do you explain that to? I don't know. But, also, yeah, that she, yeah. I think she just had a, like a, I can't deal with this. So I yeah. don't think it was intentionally just her going, I'm going to fuck that bitch over. <laughs> this whole thing is just a, yeah, a ploy to get back at her. <laughs> Jesus. So what we find out later, or, or soon here, because she goes back to her house, or no, they go to they go to her work. So her, she basically finds out that the only reason she was saved mm-hmm. is because she is not dead. Rachel's not dead is because she made a copy and someone else watched it, thus spreading the message of Samara, much like Richard Morgan said reporters do of like spreading the disease. Blah blah blah. She disseminated the curse of Samara, so she's spared of it. Basically, it's kind of like there's a. Oh, that's a spo- oh, never mind. I was gonna say a spoiler for a different movie, so never mind. Oh, yeah, don't come on. We might Sorry, watch that. Sorry, I know. That's why I stopped myself. So when she finds this out, she wants to save her son. So they both go to her work, mm-hmm. and he makes him with his fingers copy the tape, yeah. so that he can be absolved of this curse. And then now they have to find someone else to watch the tape so he can live. Mm-hmm. So he's Aiden's basically like. Well, who are we going to make watch this? Like, kind of knowing that, like, someone's going to die from this. Yeah, what happens to them? And she doesn't say anything. She just kind of, like, looks haunted into the distance. And that's the movie. Right. Now, I want to ask you something. So, this is probably digging too much in the weeds. I don't know if we can answer this. But, so, who made the tape? Was it Samara? I assume so. Like, with her, because she was so full of rage, like, as she's dying, I assume she made some kind of something to push her rage and vengeance out into the world as like a way to get back at people who hurt her essentially right okay so she likes hurting people so yes that's true that is true did her father watch the tape because he looks at it like he had seen it before or seen known of it so are we led to believe that he somehow found out and was able to make a copy and not die from it because of that because he basically had not seen the tape for a long time he said where did you get this and she tells him i got it from the the resort place or whatever she he must have because otherwise how else would it have gotten off the island exactly and he had to spread it in order for for himself to live but so i I guess we're basically led to believe that he had guilt yeah we're led to believe that even though he survived 
Samara made him go crazy because she was still in his head, so, which will probably happen to her and Aiden then. That Yeah, potentially. I know there's sequels. I haven't seen them. Hmm. Okay. I don't know if the sequel follows the same family or not. Yeah. This movie does kind of like, it's one of those ones where it like has you kind of with more questions than answers at the end, which is a little unsatisfying mm-hmm. to me, but. Maybe we'll just read the book. Yeah, because I almost wonder when she was showing him the tape if he thinks that was the interview oh. that the doctor mm, Samara and he's like where'd you get that because I got the that's only copy true of it. too yeah that's true well, so maybe he doesn't know about it maybe not I don't know because like again this whole movie it keeps making this whole idea that Samara has some kind of electromagnetic abilities like she's loosening screws yeah. and pulling nails out of maybe boards she made it. and then she's burning a tree on wood and she is able to make phone calls. That part. That's funny. I just, I want to see her little cell phone, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe that was in the well somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. She probably has a razor. (laughs) Cool kid. Cool kid. Well, thank you, David. That was very enlightening. Uh, Thanks, David. I enjoyed that conversation about the the wrap up of that. You know how this goes. I've watched a lot of Chud movies. I know horror. (laughs) All right. Well, Sid. Yes. Yes. Now is the time. Now is the time. So, of course, I can't, I mean, our final femme is Rachel, I guess, even though she's kind of now the perpetrator of this. Um, she still made it out. Yeah, that's true. I, I am not letting Aiden drink, um, <laughs> even though we have certainly served many of underage final femmes in other movies. It's true. Uh, because they're all like 16 or 17, but blah, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be Rachel and uh, Samara, right? Having a Rachel drink at the Samara bar. Samara having a drink. Yeah. So uh, if she can move her ha- part her hair and get it out of her face so she can take a nice drink, what Give her I a would serve them. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll see if she wears that. She might, you know. Not into her headband. I Maybe not. So the drink I would give them, and it kind of goes along with the horses thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Kentucky Derby drink. is a mint julep. Oh, good pick. Yeah. Okay. So. And this is, if people are not familiar, I've actually never had one of these. And after reading these ingredients, I it sounds pretty damn good. Okay. So it is like mint leaves is like kind of the garnish. And then there's uh, simple syrup, bourbon. Uh, so it's basically mint and bourbon is the main, and sugar is the main, <laughs> okay. with a lot of ice. So, okay. Yeah. Good summer drink. Yeah. How about you, Sid? Okay. So I am giving Rachel and Samara, I think they took this... I found something on a website called Shaken Not Scared, which is pretty cute. Pretty good. I found a ring-themed cocktail, but I kind of think they might have taken it from the original Japanese ring. Okay. Because the cocktail is called Well Water, which is clever. It's got, yeah, this is from the 1998 ring. So it's two ounces okay. of sake, one ounce of coffee liqueur, uh, half an ounce of lime juice, half a teaspoon of matcha green tea and one fourth ounce honey i i would drink that yeah actually doesn't sound bad mm. I, I would i'd give that a shot that yeah. actually sounds pretty delicious mm-hmm. um yeah thank you for uh, joining us people and uh please thank follow you. us on instagram at mm-hmm. final femme podcast um or you can email us with any suggestions or uh feedback only nice feedback right sid yes or tell us what you want us to watch yeah, and that is finalfemmepodcast at gmail.com. Yay! And we'll see you next time when we talk about who knows. We'll see. Ta-da. 
Well, that's Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>